thanks for pressing play, and welcome to Lockhead on Marketing, the oddcast for entrepreneurs and marketers with a different mind. On this episode, myself and Eddie Yoon, co-founder and co-creator of Category Pirates, and I tackle what's going on with what Elon Musk is now doing at Twitter, and specifically the move to charging people for their uh, validation, verification, blue, once coveted, now purchasable, blue check marks. And this is part of a new thing we're doing uh, with our Category Pirates newsletter called Pirate Perspectives. And um, so if you're a Category Pirates subscriber, you have heard this already. And if you're not, go to CategoryPirates.com and subscribe. <laughs> anyway, Eddie Yoon is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. He's also one of the candidly, one of the greatest men I've ever met. And he has written more on category strategy for the Harvard Business Review than any person uh, living or dead. He's an incredibly smart guy, and he is the category designer that the um, S&P 500 turned to when they want to create new multi-billion dollar categories. And uh, he's my brother from another mother. So sure, hope you enjoy this conversation with Eddie on how Twitter is redefining the social media category. Uh, now, as Joy Ramone said, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off putting to some. Twitter begins removing legacy blue check marks. So it appears, Dr. Yoon, that what's going on at Twitter is on 420. Ha ha ha. Some people say that Elon has the, has the humor of a child and it's something I relate to. So on 420, he uh, decides that uh, the old blue uh, checks are going away. And the only blue checks that are going to be there are people who pay. And this has caused a tremendous amount of upset. What say you, Eddie Yoon? Well, it seems like um, there's a near-term consideration and a longer-term consideration. If I start with the longer-term one, I think we've always said on category design that the fundamental flaw with social media is if you're not paying for it, then you are the product. Point, you know, period, end of story. So that's when, so when people get mad about Facebook, you know, data privacy and selling my data to who knows what and whatever else and you know all that kind of stuff that is a function of facebook being free and when you don't pay for something there's no free lunch so they're going to monetize it through advertising and so in the long scheme of things this is what elon is doing is saying yep i don't want my users uh, i think what he said is the the vision for Twitter is to maximize the most amount of unregretted minutes spent on Twitter. <laughs> and so if you want to do that, then you have to not be the product. And for that to happen, you have to pay. So um, where I think it's the right direction to make sure that the incentives are aligned so that you as the user are not monetized through an advertising model, but that you as a consumer paying for something now their incentives are to make you happy, to protect your privacy, to give you new Scooby snacks, add value add. So the net of it, the, the long-term direction is the right thing to do. In the medium term, 
They probably need to do a good, better, best pricing on this because eight bucks a month is not something that everyone can afford, nor does everyone want to pay for. But if you said, I make up a number for 80 cents a month, you're not going to sell my data to advertisers. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a hedge there. And then in the near term, um, you know, it's going to be a big, you know, kerfuffle because you're going to get a lot of noise from a small number of people who are pissed that they got their legacy stuff taken away. You know, I saw that Elon is paying for the eight bucks a month specifically for Stephen King, LeBron James, and there's someone else. I forgot. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing with that. But Stephen King apparently was pretty mad about this. I mean, really? But the other benefit to me as a user, Eddie, is one of the things I've hated about Twitter is if you're not dealing with somebody who clearly looks like a person, you don't know who you're dealing with. And now we know that we're dealing with a person that's been verified. So I, I like that. And frankly, my desire to engage with you on Twitter, if you're not a verified user, has pretty much dropped to zero because I don't know whether you're a Russian bot or, you know, a 12 year old moron, or I have no idea who you are, but if you're clearly a person who's been verified and I understand the verification process is not that extensive, but it's at least a bar, a hurdle to get over. The other thing more importantly um, than getting rid of Christy Teigen, isn't it interesting what's going on? There's a corollary and I, I guarantee you Elon's watching it. And the corollary is, OpenAI ChatGPT has more paying customers after four months of availability than Google has had after two decades. And our friend uh, and and mentor and coach, uh, Joe Pine, says, you know you have a valued experience when people pay for it. And he talks about, I forget the name of this bookstore, but there's a bookstore in Tokyo where, where people charge to go into the bookstore because the experience of being there in of itself is worth paying for. And so if I'm synthesizing my Joe Pine teachings, the ultimate harbinger of whether or not you're delivering a real valuable experience is, will people pay for it? 100% agree. And it's, it's uh, I, I think it's the, the experience is, you, you just nailed it. That's the key part of it because... I will find as a user who is paying for the eight bucks a month, it's just easier to not have to do threads because I would always screw that up. I just like being able to write what I want to write on it. Long form, that's super simple. So easier as a creator. And as you said, when when you incentivize creators because it makes it easier for them to create, um, makes it easier for them to interact with people who aren't bots, as you said, then the total value of the ecosystem goes up. And it's this is less about the blue check mark because I don't think that that'll ultimately matter. It is, uh, so they, they probably need to find a different way of explaining the benefit because I, I think they have lost the thread that it's not about the blue check coming in or out. That's not it. It is exactly what you said, user experience, improving fraud, improving the content on it and creating the right incentives. And so- this to me is a languaging opportunity and a, and a lightning strike that they probably missed um, because they positioned it as something that they were taking away versus positioning it as something that they were giving to. A hundred percent agree, Eddie. And you know, the other thing that's fascinating about this is it's part of a bigger trend, right? So those of us who've been around for a while, we remember the early days of MP3s and we remember Napster. And starting at that point for 
the better part of 20 years, people said, I'm just going to pay for content on the internet. I'm just going to pay for content on the internet. You know, what started to happen over the last 10 years and particularly accelerate over the last five? Well, Spotify and Pandora have proven that people will pay for music. They won't pay what they used to pay for uh, uh, vinyl records, but they will pay something, right? What is uh, OpenAI proving today? Well, you know what? You wouldn't pay for search, but 20 bucks a month for answer is a pretty damn good deal, right? So uh, many of us are paying for OpenAI. And and that shift, and you look at the growth in newsletters and Substack, you look at the growth in 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 subscription media companies in the tech world like the information and stratechery and and there's many many others and so what's my point my point is over the last decade or so there's been an increase in the acceleration of the number of digital services that people are clearly now willing to pay for totally totally and then when we're just getting started and so this to me is it was a light languaging lightning strike opportunity that was missed um, you got to explain the value in the near mid and long term and then exactly what you said, um, now it, it is uh, getting the good, better, best correct. Like all of this is about figuring out the, the right price at which some people will pay and more people will pay and even more people will pay. Because what is very clear uh, is that people quickly forget the old system was not working. When everything was free and you were the product and you were being monetized into, you know, very detrimental effect. And so, you know, humans are kind of prisoners of the moment. You just got to remind them of where we're going and where we came from and that put the present in that context. And then everything should be good to go. And so the reality is he is pioneering a new uh, category, which is he's the first at scale paid user paid social network. And that's the category he's designing. Of course, it's clear he wants to add a lot of things to it. He's going to move to commerce People forget that he's the PayPal founder. Um, and so uh, money is where the money is. And so it'll be very interesting to see what he does there. Uh, it's very interesting what's happening with spaces. I see a scenario where popular Twitter spaces are more popular than CNBC for business news, for example. Um, that's just going to get worse as cable network goes like this and digital audiences will go like that. So. Well, Mr. Beast has uh, over 100 million subscribers and CNN's daily Nielsen uh, primetime numbers are half a million. If Mr. Beast had 5x CNN's numbers, he would think he'd just fallen off a cliff. Right. <laughs> and so, listen, if longer term, so A, paid social network, new thing. B, adding a commerce piece. C, adding this spaces piece where essentially you can create a digital uh, media network like that on, on top of Twitter's audience. And I'm sure many other things he's planning. Look, and I know people are mad at him. They don't like what he did to NPR and they don't like his silliness. If we look at this sign here. He, <laughs> he took the W in Twitter and made it look like it go away. So it's called Titter. You know, look, he's doing some very silly things, but that to the side, he's doing some very smart things. And he's, he, listen, what, this is the other thing. What do you expect legendary giant exponential risk-taking category designers to look like. They're not going to be wearing pleated packy, uh, khaki pants from the Gap and button down uh, blue shirts and look like a McKinsey consultant. They are going to be kind of nuts. And I'm not saying I agree with everything he's doing. I'm not even making excuses for him. All I'm saying is paid social network with a commerce capability, with a whole new uh, media um, category paradigm emerging, 
It's too early to say, but this is starting to get very interesting. One is, I think I just looked it up. Instagram made $660 million in a day copying Twitter by launching their own paid, whatever, verified program. So, you know, categories beget categories, as we always say. And remember from our last uh, uh, part three of the, you know, marketing book of marketing that drives our uh, market cap. What do we say? There's nothing more than people love than a stunt or a fight. And that's what Elon is doing. He's like, he's not going to take it away. An amazing stunt that drew a ton of attention. And he's picking fights with everybody and, and their mother and this and that. And, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone quantify the value of the, the earned media he has generated for this to advertise. But, um, you know, he is secretly one of the great marketers of our time. Robert. Absolutely. He knows how to drive digital WOM like nobody else on the planet. <laughs> Well, there he is, the legendary Eddie Yoon, my brother from another mother, mother, my brother from another mother. It's funny, you know, when when you talk on mic all the time, um, sometimes just weird shit comes out of your mouth. It just goes, blah, blah, blah. it's like you forget to talk in the middle of a sentence. And um, most of the time, uh, Jason decides not to edit that out and make me look like the fool that I am. <laughs> Anyway, sure hope you joined that, uh, enjoyed that conversation. If you did, why not go to Amazon.com today and pick up your copy of Snow Leopard, How Writers Become a Category of One. It's the number one bestseller in marketing for a reason. If you want to create content that ChatGPT cannot create, pick up your copy of Snow Leopard. All right, we would like to thank, we would like to thank you, of course. Uh, thank you so much for your time and attention. It means the world to all of us around here. My friends at Flow's Kiosk, help you engage people in the real physical world. So how do you engage digitally in a physical space? Well, you do that by creating digital experiences using an interactive iPad kiosk app. And that app is Flow Kiosk. So check out F-L-O-K-I-O-S-K.com today. My friends at Atronet have been building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 25 years. If you want a website that will knock your customer socks off, and drive new revenue, check out atre.net. All right, I need to remind you that today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes, and this podcast is the sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. Please don't forget to consult your doctor, shaman, lawyer, mystic, yoga instructor, bud tender, and category designer before acting on any of today's information. Warning, the creators of this podcast were absolutely consuming libations. Don't forget everything we value, we've been taught to value. We are produced and edited by the GOAT, Jason DeFilippo. Check out his podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. I swear they're getting funnier as they get grumpier. Uh, Jamie J and Sarah Knox do our technical execution around here, and they build Lockhead.com. The Bobus Brothers, RJ and EX, do our web development. Cedric Biros does our graphic and web design. And GM Simon does our show notes. Our accounts are three balance sheets to the wind. And um, our <laughs> I don't remember who the hell <laughs> our lawyers are. Oh, yes. Of course, how could I forget? Weedon Jack. Um, and uh, your spouse texted, texted, it's okay. Go ahead and pick up a copy of Snow Leopard by Category Pirates. And the thought I'll leave you with today comes from Arthur C. Clarke. This is one of my favorite quotes about technology. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic.